We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Hi, this is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. Good Monday morning, everyone. Our topic for today is called Closing the Deal, how to close more sales calls, hopefully with less effort. So I'm again joined with my co-host, Eric Yoon of Standout Marketing. Hey, Eric, good morning. Hey, Robert. Good morning. Good Monday morning. <laughs> How was your weekend, man? <laughs> it was really good. Um, got to... Yeah, I got to spend some time with the family, get some work done, went to uh, church, had a great service. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Oh, man, you did everything. So you worked and had yeah. uh, playtime and then went to church. Cool. Yep, <laughs> got some Korean dramas in. It's funny because my wife is, well, actually, we both have Caucasian wives, and she's more into Korean drama than I am. So it's <laughs> funny. But, yeah, so I had a That's good weekend. Funny. We're ready to hit it, get the Korean. Yeah, ready for the work week, week huh? so, Yeah. Absolutely. It's going to be a good work week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah t- so today we want to talk about uh, closing more sales deals. You know, it's you know last couple of times we've been talking about marketing. Well, I guess last, I don't know, it seems like we've been on this topic for about a month on marketing and uh, pricing. And then last week we started, we, I guess we kind of the conversation flowed into sales and sales calls. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, hey, why don't we just do that for today and, and talk about that sales process. And because a lot of times um, I think salespeople, we tend tend to complicate the sales process for whatever reasons uh, versus we feel we have to follow a certain script or a certain way of doing sales or the way we present ourselves or something. But for for whatever reason, I think uh, salespeople tend to to complicate things more than it needs to be. Um, So let's, let's talk about that. Let's help kind of unpack that and kind of simplify this for everyone because I believe that, you know, you can, we can all improve. And I've, yeah. I've been in sales like 20, 25 years, um, you know, in my last company I was with, um, I was also, uh, did a little stint of sales training as well. Um, so I've, I've been in sales, I've been successful in sales. I've also taught sales. So this is, a you know, it's been a while since I've actually taught sales. So this would be an interesting topic to nice. kind of revive that a little <laughs> bit for me. So Eric, yeah. I know you, we chatted a little bit earlier and you, Probably had a couple mm-hmm. questions we want to lead in with, so why yeah. go ahead? Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this um, topic because I think whenever I meet with a client initially, um, the part that I have I'm I'm pretty strong in is um, just being able to build their trust and uh, you know get to the point where I give you know value to them where you know they see me as a credible you know partner or mm-hmm. someone that they w- they would want to work with but i feel like a lot of times i miss out on op- a lot of opportunities because naturally i'm just not a salesman naturally i think some people are naturally you know like uh kind of bent that way um but i'm really not but you know i really want to um, learn it because there's so much you know just low-hanging fruit that i feel like i don't take advantage sure. of and so um so i'm really excited about about this and just from practical things i can be aware of to know that mm-hmm. you know when when there's people who want or you know that i could just tip over and i could bring value to you know just help them make that s- decision but mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm like 
I'm just really excited because I know just, you know, with your background and stuff and didn't you win like some kind of like national awards and stuff or, uh, <laughs> or like, yeah. like rank yeah, or something? Won, <laughs> yeah, I won a number of sales awards over the years and uh, the ones that are always cool when you win those national awards and, you know, you're top uh, two, five percent and you get to go on trips and stuff like that. And, you know, been to Europe and the Caribbean and all that's that so kind cool. of stuff. And then it's, that's always a cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun. Man, um, it's awesome. So. So tell me about, you, you said you, you feel like you've lose, lost opportunities. And so tell me about that. What do you think? What kind mm-hmm. of opportunities do you feel you've lost? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think in a meeting, like there were times when I think I convinced myself sometimes like they can't, um, I'm kind of feeling them out and I know that they like what I'm bringing, but sometimes I almost just kind of re- revert to the thought that they can't afford, <laughs> you know, like my service. And so right. I just say, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm always you know, here, whenever you need this or this, but, you know, sometimes I should just really approach and make sure that it's, um, there's like a system going mm-hmm. where I just say, Hey, this <clears> is like, I want you to be, and, you know, just kind of make it more presentable to them where they can yeah. um, act on the spot. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so sounds like but, uh, you get caught up in the, or you get stuck on the clothes, you know, how do you, exactly. close, how do you close the deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So we'll talk about that. And, um, you know, you said something mm-hmm. earlier that you're not a natural salesperson or you don't mm-hmm. feel you're naturally wired that way. And, yeah. you know, successful salespeople come in all shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, myself is a great example. I'm, I never thought, um, I mean, just looking back and just the sales career I've had, it's been interesting because I never thought, I never wanted to be in sales to begin with. And when I went to school, I was a marketing major, so I figured, you know, I'm going to be in the corporate environment in an office and doing some market research or developing marketing tactics and all that, <clears throat> never thinking I'd be actually out in the field and doing sales. But yet, right when I graduated from college, I got an opportunity to work for Coca-Cola. They actually offered me a job before I even graduated in sales. And I just remember, because I did an internship with them the summer before, and I got to experience a lot of, their, um, a lot of the different sales areas and marketing areas. And I thought to myself, if there was one area in sales, there's one particular position I would do. And so that was the position they actually offered me um, without them even knowing what I, what I was thinking. So that's why I took that position. But it was I was cold calling. And for me, I'm a, naturally, I'm an introvert. And so, especially back in college, I mean, I was definitely, I mean, the thought of just knocking on the door, <laughs> not knowing anyone yeah. and doing a sales call just frightened me. So it was, it just it was really crazy that I even took that position. But but anyways, as an introvert, you don't you don't think of salespeople as introverts. You really think of them as extroverts, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter, even even in my career in Bristol Myers and in pharmaceuticals, you know, the successful salespeople, they weren't cut out of us the, the same cloth. They were all different. There's introverts, there's extroverts. And there was one that were very aggressive, there was one that were very seem, seemingly passive. Now, everyone was assertive. Successful salespeople, they're always assertive, but they're not pushed. They're not necessarily pushy mm-hmm. or they're not necessarily an extrovert. They can be introverts like me. Right. So I think the first thing we have to do is make sure everybody understands that everyone can be a successful in sales. Mm-hmm. You just have to understand the process yeah. and then at the very end, know how to close. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for you, you know, and like a lot of, People, especially when they haven't been formally trained in sales, you know, the clothes gets very sticky and you kind of feel a little, it feels a little awkward. Yeah. Whereas if the sales call goes well, that the clothes is really, it should be felt natural. Whether, mm-hmm. whether they, they're going to buy or not, the, the clothes, that, that closing really should be a, a feeling like a natural process, the natural next step. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so 
So first of all, so number one is be yourself. Don't worry about trying to copy somebody else's techniques Mm -hmm. or the way they say things. It's just be yourself. Be natural the way you talk, um, the way you communicate, the way you interact with people. Yeah. Um, The one thing you said earlier was build trust. That's Mm -hmm. huge. So the sales process before the close is to build trust. Mm -hmm. So that if the customer trusts you, then the close, them willing to buy, there's going to be a higher likelihood of them being able to buy. Whether you think they can afford or not, that should be irrelevant. You don't want to, you don't want to make that assumption for them. Right. Right. Let them tell you if they can, can or cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't back it out and give them the out. But just say, you know, when you close a deal, say, here's what it is, and then yeah. let them decide. But, but the first thing is, number one, be yourself. Um, the second thing, the sales, the successful sales call happens before or starts before the call itself. Hmm. And so in a situation like you and I, when we're, we know we're going to have a sales appointment, we go into a call, which means we've got time to do some research. Mm-hmm. See, so for a car salesman, they don't have that that luxury, you know, people just walk in and then you start a conversation. But for those of us that have that luxury, we're setting up an appointment. Let's do some customer research. Mm-hmm. So you can look up, hopefully they have a website or they have a LinkedIn profile or they have something on them on the web that you can look up and read up about them and the company. Mm-hmm. So get to know as much about the company and much about that, that person you're meeting with beforehand. So that you can bring, it's not just going in and doing a sales call, but you can actually lead the conversation with something about them. Yeah. Right. Say, Hey, I noticed on your website. Hey, I checked you out on your LinkedIn profile. I know you like to do this. Um, And, and you might find some, you might find common ground quickly. Right. Right. Like say on the LinkedIn profile, you know, a lot of times you'll see some of the activities or nonprofits or things that they're involved with. Mm-hmm. And say, hey, you know, I, I, maybe I did some work with that, or maybe I volunteered for this group, or maybe went to the same college, or a friend of mine, my wife went to the same college, or something like, oh, I see you were born in this hometown, or something like that. You know, you start to see the ways you can um, have common ground. Right. Or at the very least, say, oh, you know, I noticed, you know, you've had several positions within this company, or when you're looking at the company website, you start to see some things about them so that you can talk to them about them and not about you and what you have to offer. Right. Yeah. And kind of like, I mean, I thought of the first job that I got when I went in for the interview, I went, I, and I researched their website. And then the first mm-hmm. thing I went to, not even think about um, trying to land the job as much as I just wanted to know where I was working and why mm-hmm. this company exists. So I just went to their about page and then checked out their vision statement. And then during the interview, I just mentioned the vision statement and then um, I got hired on the, on the spot. And I think they just liked that. I was interested in the vision of the company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think this is just a trust there. They're like, Oh, like you'll mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. know the heart of the company. So yeah, totally. I think that, same thing with the good. sales call. You, you go through the mm-hmm. same process. You, you mm-hmm. talk about, talk about them. And, right. and so they, they know they have a feeling that this isn't just a transaction now. Now it's something you want to be involved with. You took the time to research them, get to know a little bit about them. So that takes the, you know, that starts, you know, uh, starts the ball on the right foot, mm-hmm. so to speak. It, uh, you know, it builds trust a lot faster when you start talking about them. Right. That's really um, good. Yeah. So you, you don't just go in and there and start t- talking about you and what you can do for them, but you want to first understand what it is that they're going to need. 
Yeah. Right? So one of the things you, as you walk into the sales call is you don't want to do what we call show up and throw up. Just talk about every feature and benefit that you have and hopefully <laughs> something sticks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I think we've all been a victim of one of those sales Show calls. Up and throw up. <laughs> you know, like if you've, okay. um, like you, you bought or you leased your car. Yeah. And so you had to deal with a salesperson, right? So I don't know mm-hmm. if you had a show up and throw up person or one that was actually more actively engaged with you or what kind of salesperson did you have? Do you remember? Always a uh, show up and throw up almost every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so I mean, just, whenever I get a car, I think that's just, I don't know. Yeah. Every time it's been yeah. like that. <laughs> so when, and as you enter the sales call, yeah. you got to th- be very conscious and intentional about thinking about this. It's easy for me as an introvert. It's easy for us introverts to do this, but not as much for extroverts, but listen more than talk. Mm-hmm. So in sales and business, we always talk about the 80, 20 rule, you know, mm-hmm. like in, in, in uh, 80% of your income comes from 20% of your customers. Well, in a sales conversation, if you can do just 20% of talking and let the customer do 80% of the talking, it'll be a much better conversation. Mm. Yeah, because then you get to learn what they need, mm-hmm. and what's on their mind, and what's important to them. Instead, yeah. and then you can figure out what you have to offer. Right. So instead yeah. of going through this laundry list to show up and throw up and say these are all the things I can do for you, well, they may know only one thing. They mm-hmm. may only want you to do. They just need someone to just do cool graphics. They don't need the website. They don't need the social media because maybe they have a good team that they trust or whatever. They just need right. that one thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll tell you. And then you say, oh, man, well, here's some examples of some, you know, some great uh, graphic projects I did for someone's landing page or for some brochures yeah. or whatever. Um, and then it cuts the conversation down to this instead of this, mm-hmm. right? So wow. you give them exactly yeah. what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I like that because even for me, I do a lot of things. So I think one thing I could definitely switch up is being prepared to really um, have, a, have a, like a colorful portfolio for every, you know, for every service and Mm -hmm. um, just be ready to present that right away. If they start to, if I see the lean towards, Oh, I just really need this. Mm -hmm. Just trying to go into just portfolio for that because Mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems obvious, but for me, I'm always like, I do these, you know, all these things, but yeah, yeah, that's really good. It sounds like um, there's a lot of thought that might go into um, like crafting the right questions to make sure mm-hmm. to set them up to be able to take that 80% because maybe they're an introvert too. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to set them up to be able to talk like that or talk yeah. that much about yeah. themselves. But is that something you kind of prepare? Do you come in knowing what questions you're going to ask or? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the customer, the research part first, right? You mm-hmm. get to right. know, see, see it, know as much about that person that you're going to be uh, calling on, um, know as much about the business as you can. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you make the appointment, you ca- there's some kind of understanding of what the appointment's about. Right? They, they right. Wanna, they're bringing you in because they want help in marketing in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, uh, if you already, depending who you're talking to, whoever you're setting up the appointment to, if you can ask them up front, you know, what is it that is important to you? You can even do that mm-hmm. on the phone conversation before you even get in in front of them. So mm-hmm. you can be even that much more prepared. Yeah. Right. But even if you're not, but at least doing that research ahead of time, and you start to say, oh, I noticed you do this and you do that. Hey, um, so how can I help? You know, how do you think I can help you? I mean, this is basically what I do, but how, how do you feel? Where do you need help, the most help? Right. And then let them tell you. So you kind of open up with engagement by, by talking to, you know, um, sharing with them a little bit about them, what you found out through your research. Mm-hmm. 
that brings their comfort level, um, raises their comfort level with you because you're not just going in there and, and talking about you, but you're now you're interested in them. So that mm-hmm. kind of kind of disarms them, kind of brings the the walls down because you know whenever a salesperson's coming in, there's naturally there's a kind of a wall and a barrier we put up because we don't want to be sold. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, none of us want to be sold. We want to have a conversation. We have want to have a relationship. So yeah. once you start talking to them about them, now all of a sudden the walls come down and then mm. that will allow them to more share a little bit more about what they, they want and what they need. Yeah. And so um, they'll, the, the customer will tell you what they need. Right. And then a lot of times the customer we can even sell themselves mm-hmm. as they just talk through things. Yeah. And so, the, the danger, you know, for salespeople, when we talk too much, we actually can interfere the sales process mm. because we're not letting them talk it out. So right. I had a, one of my best sales calls. I still uh-huh. remember this because I literally, I think I literally said 10 words yeah. <laughs> the whole conversation. Yeah. The physician actually had, he was actually opposed to my product, the drug that I was selling. Okay. And he, so that's what he started off with. Yeah, and then I think I just had one question, and then he just processed verbally, and wow. then he said, "Oh, well, maybe in certain this situation, or maybe this type of patient." And he was just kind of processing verbally. Yeah, and then at the end, he said, "Well, maybe I should use this," and I yeah. said, "You know, I agree." <laughs> <laughs> you were, what was a question? I, I forgot. It was, it was so long ago, but um. Usually, you know, whenever they're in opposition to something, I'll just present a situation. Like, have you ever thought about, you know, using my product in this situation or for this type of patient that has this this type of side effect or something like that? So just kind of pose something, a question to them, just to make them think and make them talk. Mm -hmm. And so this person, this physician was just a verbal processor. Um, So... I just sat back. Mm-hmm. Now there's some salespeople that just want to jump in there and want to have a just kind of back and forth thing. But I just, I just sat yeah. back. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's one physician that he's, when he, pro- he's not a verbal processor. Yeah. So he has to think. So there's this awkward silence, <laughs> but I yeah. sit back and let him think. I remember yeah. I had a sales partner and she just had to keep talking. I just right. said, no, just let him think. And mm-hmm. so we just sat and sat and sat uh, and he finally asked a question. Now he yeah. hardly ever asks a question. That's because we never given the opportunity because people yeah. are usually talking, but I just let him think. And then he asked this question. And from that question, then he bought, <laughs> he purchased when he answered that question. So it's amazing. You just got to really be in tune with the person and just let them, yeah. Just, just let them talk it out or think it out or something. Just give them the time. We don't need to keep talking the whole time. We just let mm-hmm. them, let them um, process for themselves. And then they'll eventually yeah. come up with a solution or, or talk themselves into sell. That's good. I've even had a, um, someone that was training me a while back, uh, early in my career. I remember being with him in the field, and he actually talked himself out of a sale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the customer actually said, yes, I'm going to, I want to buy. Uh-huh. And he just kept selling. And then he changed his mind. 
yeah. the customer changes lives. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't believe what I just saw. I was like, you just keep talking and talking and talking. So it goes back to listen more than talk. Man. Right? So be yourself, know the customer, do some research, listen yeah. more than talk. You know, the thing about going back and with the research is you'll start to pick up, you might pick up some lingo mm-hmm. that's specific to that kind of industry or whatever. You know, yeah. part of building trust is to speak their language, not about mm-hmm. using our jargon to them. Right. So I just had a physician, even though my background is in pharmaceutical sales, so I, I, I sold to physicians all the time. And mm-hmm. actually last week, it's my first uh, consulting client is a physician. Yeah. Um, so I'm helping him build his business. And so one of the things I know when we talk about customers um, in, in the medical field, you have kind of talk customers in a different way because while the patient might be the, the, the client or the customer, it's the insurance companies that actually pay the bill. Mm-hmm. So, I was asking him about his payer mix and, you know, with the different payers, they're reimbursing you at different rates. So yeah. payers is basically a reference to the insurance carriers, but that's the lingo in the medical field when we talk about payers yeah. and understanding that, that with the payers like Medicare or Blue Cross, Blue Shield, they pay at different amounts. So even though you do a physical, the doctor does a physical and he might charge a, $150, but the insurance companies are going to pay them a different rate based on whatever is contracted or whatever. So when I started talking about payers and that kind of system, you know, his level of trust in me went up because I was speaking right. his language. Right. So that's what, so when you do some of that research, even if you didn't have the experience I had, but when you do the research, you can start to see some of those things and some of those lingos. And then when you start speaking their language, there's this higher level of trust. Is that, okay. Even though I haven't, consulted with a medical practice in this way but because i understand the nuances between what happens between him and insurance companies there's this big higher level of trust is okay you know what's going on you know what i'm dealing with so uh, yes i want to buy so that's that level of trust so that research will help you do that any questions or comments yeah yeah i have a question um a lot of times like i i i love um just trying to articulate and know like my mindsets before going into any situation. So like, for example, with um, when I'm initially meeting a client, I try to make sure I have the mindset because a lot of things can come into my mind of like, Oh, like I would love to land this kind of deal with this client and this would really help them, you know? But um, one mindset that I have is, um, is to, um, is to try to look for the gold and pull it out of them you know, of this client. And that's like what I try to go into any meeting to do. And then from that, we'll see what happens. And then as the gold comes out, maybe they'll be, you know, more excited to hand, you know, for me to make a video for them because it's like, Oh, like he, he really gets why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, and he has, you know, he makes really cool videos. So, you know, he'll, he'll, um, you know, I'd want to work with him, but what are some um, mindsets that you try to maybe work on and try to make sure that, you know, you're focused. Uh, Does that make sense? So when you said uh, the gold, what like the gold of um, who they are as a company, um, yeah, or some of the values that they have, yeah, yeah. So basically, you're trying to speak to them and kind of tell them who they are and what their strengths are. Yeah, and like, uh, well, just try to meet them there, you know, mm-hmm. and probably in the process maybe help them to see things that they wouldn't have seen, yeah, you know, as an as an outsider speaking into it. 
yeah. but, um, just to be able to connect with them, you know, yeah. and that's place where we could, we could kind of meet, but I yeah. guess, yes, my question is just, are there any, you know, just mindsets that you try to just really work on and focus when you go into a meeting? And stick, no, I think, I think what you're just saying that illustrations is great is you're trying to, you're kind of providing them or giving them a snapshot into the solution you're going to provide mm-hmm. by speaking to them uh, specifically. So yeah. instead of just saying, Hey, I create great videos, mm-hmm. you kind of come up with a concept for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Based on their strengths and say, Hey, these are, this is, this is an area of business. I think you're really good at. And it'd be cool if I did a video on X, you know, on this really yeah. capturing this essence. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, exactly. So, you know, you should know your business well enough that you don't need to do the show up and throw up thing, mm-hmm. but based on what the customer is telling you, and the information you're receiving, now you can demonstrate to them, hey, I get you, I understand you, so here's a potential solution that's customized mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, I'll use that um, physician illustration, again, just because it happened just a couple of days ago, um, but one of the things he mentioned early on in the, uh, in the conversation was how he was working harder for less money. Yeah. And so... I said, well, that's a clue that your margins are too low. You know, for what you're charging and for what your costs are, they're just not there. They're just not sufficient enough. So which means you have to work harder or harder and harder and harder and longer and longer and longer mm-hmm. to try and make as much volume as possible to make up for the, the low profit margins. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I know I, I, so I said, I know based on your accounting system, you're not tracking your margins actually. When you look at going back to the payer thing, you know, he he has different insurance companies or different payers and they all pay him a different rate for Mm -hmm. the same service. Yeah. So, which means his labor rate for doing physicals is here, but Mm -hmm. Medicare might charge him a hundred dollars. Blue shield might charge or might pay him $150. Medicare might pay him a hundred dollars. They're all different rates, which means that his margins are different for every payer. Yeah. And so I said, most likely what's happening is you've probably got a good percentage of payers or insurance companies that are paying you very, very little mm-hmm. and that's dragging your practice down. And so what we have to do is we have to identify that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that kind of put the light bulb in the head because that's what he said. He says, Oh, I'm working harder for no money. Yeah. So yeah, I said, yeah, okay, yeah. let's talk about yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can do all kinds of things. I can do marketing strategies and all that. But this immediate need that immediate needs uh, immediate need on his mind is, man, I'm working a lot for nothing. Yeah. So we went right, that's where we went, right there. Yeah. So we I provide a customized solution based on what he told me. Yeah. So it's an example of I didn't need to show up and throw up. I just yeah. need to hear him and what his needs are and I go, okay, let's and I provide him a potential solution. Really so, so then so the mindset for me is going back to your question is I just know my business well enough that I don't need to show up and throw up. I just need to hear from him and then provide some kind of customized solution in the conversation that he gets an idea and he visualizes, Oh, this is what he can do. And this yeah. is what the potential outcome can be. Yeah. That's uh, really helpful. Good. And then at the end, so then it goes into what I call the trial close mm-hmm. and the conversation's going well. And then it's like, you know, where people get stuck on the clothes is they feel they just got to ask for the sale and get something comfortable. Right. The first thing I do is what we call a trial close. It's just feeling okay. out. Where are they? Yeah. So I said, it could be something as simple as, so what do you think? You know, mm-hmm. or, hey, do you have any more questions? 
about what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. And then the ball's in his court and he's like, well, you know, have another question. Or he might say no. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a no, he's got all, it sounds like all his questions are answered or, or she, <clears throat> then the next step is, okay, so do you want it? Should I provide a contract for you or you know, how should we go about, you know, what's the next step for us? Should, go, should I provide a contract? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How would you like to pay? You know, these are my fees, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You ask them before going into fees, you ask them like, should I, should we provide a contract or like at what point do you start talking prices? Oh yeah. So I said, so, well here, you know, what do you, so after the trial close, if they've got no more questions or issues mm-hmm. and say, so, well, it sounds like this is what I should this is what I should do for you. Like in your case, right. just do a whole new rebrand. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that sound like, it sounds like that's what, what's what you want. And if they say okay. yes, then okay, well, here's my fees for that. And then this is what the schedule would look like. And should I provide a contract, something like that. So now you're just wrapping up the details mm-hmm. to what's already been agreed upon. You know, if they don't have any more questions or issues and there's no more, um, you know, they don't have any um, issues with what you're going to do. They don't have a problem with it. Then it sounds like the next step is okay. Let's go do business. Yeah. If they still have a hesitation, it's like, well, we're not sure. I'm not sure the timing's right. Then you go back and say, okay, well, what else might you need, right, to be more comfortable to make the next the next step, mm-hmm. right? And so they might just need more information. They might need a little bit of time to um, to think about it, something, but. But when they're in that situation that they're not ready to buy, they haven't said no, but they're not quite sure. And if there's nothing you can answer the time that's going to, you know, take it to the next step, then just kind of ask them, what do, you, what, do you, what do you need next? You know, what can I provide? And do you need more references or whatever? Right. You know, get the information from them of what yeah. they need to make a decision going forward. And then the, mm-hmm. and then you can still close, you know, before you leave. It might not be a sell. You're not going to walk out with a contract, but it's what I call an incremental step. Which means, yeah. okay, they're not ready to buy, but how do I move the conversation forward? So if they need more time, then say, okay, when should I call back or when should I email back or you know, how sh- what's the best way to communicate back to you? Yeah. Or if they need more information, what do you need here I'll, tomorrow when I, or today, this afternoon when I get back in the office, I'll, submit, I'll send this to you, mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? What's that next step? Mm-hmm. So unless it's just a flat out no, Right. then there's always most of the time they're either going to buy or they just need a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And in that little bit of time, what do they need to, to feel more comfortable about taking the next step? And yeah. then what, and what point should you follow up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. So, that's perfect. That was a question I was going to ask you actually. Do you have any, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just um, how do you kind of make that transition? Cause I think once that trans, it's always kind of like that threshold. You just want to, need a cross and these are some really good like, i love that trial close i never heard of a trial close so um but that those things help me and that's something i'm going to process and see how we can you know i use my language and you know to to use that but yeah, yeah it's just really it's good. a simple process you know you so you be yourself know that you know everybody can be a good salesperson right. do some re- do some research on the customer ahead of time to hopefully elicit some kind of good conversation when you start so you know, listen more than talk. When you're in the sales conversation, listen more than talk. Just open up with some kind of engaging conversation and throw it to them and then hear what they need. Right. And then you can build that customized solution. In your case, what you said was, you know, how do you bring the gold out from them and Mm -hmm. kind of present to them an illustration of a solution for them. Right. 
And then the fifth one is that trial closes. Okay, yeah. conversations seem to go well. Check back with them. How are mm-hmm. you feeling? What is, how does this sound? Do you have any questions or issues? Yeah. What are some things I can answer? Is this something you feel you'd want to do? You know, yeah. Just basically ask them the question. Let them tell you where they're at. Mm-hmm. And then if, unless it's a flat-out no, it's going to be either, no, <clears throat> I think I'm good. You know, let's move forward. Or uh, I'm not quite sure. Then when they're in that not quite sure uh, point, and a lot of times that's like a, a lot of your customers are going to be in that mode. You know, mm-hmm. they're not quite sure. Okay, so what do you need? You know, how can I help you make this make a decision, a good decision? Right. That's good. And then you, awesome. then you take that next step. So, you know, the last two um, contracts that I just closed, it was great. They basically, they just said, okay, who should I make the checkout to? Yeah. I mean, that's, I didn't even have to ask him for the money. Yeah. Um, this, this last one, this last one wasn't quite that. He just said, you know, I think I need, I think I need two weeks, but he said, no, this is definitely, I need this. Yeah. Just give me two weeks. Yeah. So he kind of, he laid the whole thing out for me and I said, okay, I'll follow up with you in, in two weeks. But yeah. he says, he goes, you know, cause we're talking about margins. He said, this is the area we need to fix. We fix this. Your, your business is on, is on its way. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, okay. We need that. I need that. And so yeah. kind of asked me how the process would work and all that stuff. And he said, okay, just, just give me two weeks. Yeah. So, you know, when the conversation flows and you're able to provide customized solutions and they see it, it's like mm-hmm. the close is actually kind of a natural next step. And a yeah. lot of times they'll make the close for you. You just have to yeah. agree. Right, right. <laughs> to acknowledge it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Just, yeah, so, yeah. I think to kind of summarize for me, it feels like um, what I'm taking away from it is really lead by asking questions, asking the mm-hmm. right questions that. Yeah. Kind of steer the um, steer it towards the sale to towards the close with the right questions. Like from mm-hmm. the beginning, you know, getting into just setting them up to be able to talk in a way where they'll, you know, they'll build trust and they feel like you know there's a contribution on both sides. And then um, even I love that even in your close, you know, you kind of lead the close with questions too. I think that's really mm-hmm. um, that's a really cool concept. And so, um, but yeah, it, it you know, puts the ball in their court, but in a way where they feel like you know, um, um, it's directed enough where they don't get confused. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're directing them with the right question, but then let them process it out and they're in control. So, you know, we always, I mean, just think about it. I mean, sales is very intuitive. I mean, think about when you felt really good after you left the salesperson Mm -hmm. versus the times when you felt or crappy. You know, you felt like, oh my goodness, why did I buy this? <laughs> yeah. Versus the ones where you're like, oh, this is great, you know, and you had yeah. a great sales experience, you know. So just reflect on that. What does what are some of those best? What are some of the good sales experiences that you've had on the receiving end? Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, just um, you know, the building trust, the conversation. It's just a natural natural thing. And when they feel like when they feel they're in control, which they really mm-hmm. should be, because we're trying to fill their need, not yeah. ours. Right. So really they should be in control. So when they feel they're in control and right. have made a good knowledgeable decision, they're going to feel great about paying you and you're yeah. going to have a great relationship because yeah. it's not one where they felt manipulated, but it's one they go, no, I made a good choice because he right. processed it out. You helped in the process by asking good questions and providing a customized solution yeah. and then just letting make sure they're comfortable in the buying process. Yeah. So anything else? Any other questions before we jump out of here? I have so many questions, but I think we're out of time. <laughs> well, we can, we can continue for next week, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Every Monday yeah, morning, eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, really good. Yeah, because I mean, I kind of what I want to um, go into is maybe, especially with service based, um, uh, you know, service based businesses like, um, you know, when you give consultations or feedback. I mean, um, we can maybe go into this next week, but um, especially you know with businesses like yours, where a lot of it is you know based on like consultations and mm-hmm. you know the value you bring and your knowledge and your wisdom. You know, a lot of times like the sales, the first initial meeting is kind of like a preview into your brain. Right. And so mm-hmm. a lot, um, so I guess, um, my question would be, you know, how much do you give them in the first meeting? You know, do you, mm-hmm. is there a way, is there a process where you say, okay, but this is kind of the, um, the, uh, the boundary of like, if you want this much more knowledge and wisdom, you know, you gotta <laughs> give it the money for yeah. it. Package <laughs> A, package A versus package B. Yeah. That's hard, hard the for me to package Gotcha. Because for me, a lot of times I just want to like, just help. I'm like, I see all these things and I'm like, which one do I choose to just give them a little sample, you know? <laughs> all but, right. Well, it sounds like a good conversation for next week then. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Do, we'll do that. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, hey, Eric, thanks again for joining me this Monday morning. And thanks everyone for listening to the Purpose and Profitability Podcast. If you've got a business question or topic that you'd like to hear more about, please email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61businessdevelopment.com or go to the Facebook page. And if you're already watching on Facebook Live right now, the Purpose and Profitability Facebook page, then go ahead and just type in your question or a thing you'd like to hear about right in the post section. Oh, then uh, tune in next week as we go live again. And thanks again for listening. This is Robert Fakui. And remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit PurposeAndProfit.com.